1: Hi, this is Penn. I'm in Australia now. I'm in a suit because we're doing all this TV stuff down under to sell the show. And while you're listening to this one, keep in mind that my book is coming out. Random is coming out. It's also got a chapbook with it that's four short stories and you can get dice. You can get it all in advance. If you're a Patreon follower of Penn Sunday School, you get enough money off to pay for your whole Patreon, you get a little little bag for your dice. You get dice with my name on it. You get a signed, autographed, both both signed and autographed hardcover book of random my new uh, my new novel, and you get a chapbook of short stories. It's not going to be available anywhere else. So uh, do that and do it now. Ready? You'll probably add something in there. that gives you gives you more information. But thanks. Matt Donnelly? Yes. Uh, if they are Patreon people, how do you yeah. get to be Patreon people? Go to patreon.com slash pen with two N's. And they can get any sort of tier they want. Yep. And that allowed them to get my brand new book. Yes. Random in hardcover and autographed with a chap book. Look it up. What if Carbonaro says something funny and it's not recorded? It's starting. <laughs> We're going? hmm Lord. Not quickly. You got a whole introduction?
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess. We'll see if it'll fill it up. <laughs> nah, it's not.
2: Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn's Sunday School starring Penn Gillette. My name is Michael Goodow. Matt's on the road somewhere, but Penn,
1: Randy, Rich, and I are broadcasting from Show Creator Studios South here in Las Vegas. Nice. He's actually good. He's got a great guest it. for today's show. TV star, magic star, prankster star, star of the Carbonara Factor. It is indeed Michael Carbonara. Here he is preaching love, Mr. Pen Gillette. Okay, yeah, preaching love. I, uh, I'm i so happy because I've always wanted to talk to you for a while. We've never got a chance to. We then have a chance here, and now it's being recorded.
2: Wow, so best <laughs> way to do it.
1: Because we've never really talked much.
2: No, Maybe. not more than 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's always been very cold.
1: You're you're sure? Well, I have a, I'm going to start with something as usual, something I promised myself I wouldn't tell you. Oh, shit. (laughs) I'm going to start with. Okay. Now, anybody that knows me knows that I'm very, very bad with recognizing people. Very, very bad. Terrible. They also know that when you put a mask on, uh, I have no chance. Okay, now when we are sent out to talk to people after the show, now there's not a meet and greet, okay, I am told before I go out, here's who you're talking to that's important. So everybody, everybody, Teller, Glenn, Aaron, everybody said, well, He knows Michael Carbonaro is coming because he's going to do the podcast and he knows him and that'll be fine. So we're going to drill into his head that he's meeting the executive, the brand new executive for all of Caesars that is his boss. And that's who he's going to meet. So they said to me, three different people. You're meeting whatever the fucker's name is. Who gives a fuck? Um, <laughs> you're my boss, at Caesar's. You're meeting How did they him. lose that Caesar gig? himself. What's that? Caesar himself. Caesar himself. Going to meet Caesar. Um, and he's there with another guy, right? Oh. Two guys from Caesar's. So I walk out, and the last person we're talking about, and this is, boy, I should not be saying this, but I'm going to. We are talking about, you know, what casino we're staying at and where we're going and stuff. And we met the person who has just bought the Rio, who is 12 years old. Okay. It's a very young looking guy. We met him over Zoom. Okay. So I now have in my head, all executives look, you know, in their thirties, you know, trim guys in their thirties that run casinos and are my boss. So I walk out. And I see you and Peter, My brother. Right? No, my brother. brother. Who you? Your brother. Yeah, okay. Chuck. And um, no one bothers to introduce me. I think you say this is- Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. That's all you say. That is all I said. Yeah, this, I said, hey,
2: this is, and Chuck. This is my brother Chuck. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I then talk to you as though you are my boss.
2: It was the warmest days. you've ever spoken to <laughs> me. <Yeah>, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For that amount of time. And then Glenn says, "We're we're we're going to try to work out so that he can uh, he can do the show here. We're in Australia." Yeah. And I go, "Why would an executive at Caesar's be doing a show in here?" I guess he's talking to them about the carbonara. Oh fuck! <laughs> and then what goes through my head is not. I'm going to say to Michael Carbonara, "Oh, I'm sorry. Good to see you. I don't." But rather, oh, fuck, I've been talking to the wrong person. (laughs) I better run over there because I thought the person that Teller was talking to was just some douchebag. Teller has all these douchebag magician friends (laughs) that he talks to that I don't give a fuck about. I thought that's who he was talking about. He's actually talking to the executives, and I'm the one talking to the douchebag magician. (laughs) So I've made a horrible mistake. So I run away. Uh. I talk to them. It's just a replay of what I said to you. And then I come back. And if if you remember this, I'm even more embarrassed. I like self consciously use your name. Oh, good talking to you, (laughs) Mike. I don't. No, you said I'm going to talk to you
2: on Sunday, so I don't want to talk to you. Oh, that's what I said.
1: Trying to to back it up that way. That's why
2: I wasn't. Nice try. That's yeah. My normal, cordial, warm, (laughs) hugging self,
1: (laughs) which I never am. But uh, that was the whole thing. And I, I went to Glenn and I said, you know, when I was talking to Carbonara, uh, I I thought I was uh, I was talking to the executive, and what Glenn said to me was, I don't even understand what you're saying.
0: <laughs> he said,
1: you know Carbonara, you know he's going to be on Sunday school. He has a very distinctive look. He looks like Michael Carbonara, even with the mask on. He looks nothing like the executive from Caesars. He doesn't look like an executive. How did you know? What are you talking about? And I said, did I, did I say anything to Carbonaro that let him know that I didn't know who I was talking to? No. And Glenn said, I was standing right there and I thought you were talking to Carbonaro and I said, uh, yeah, I well, guess you it- were. <laughs> yes. But uh, no, I wasn't. Not mentally. No, I was not talking to Carbonara. <laughs> I was in the presence right. of Carbonara. So that, I, uh, and then Glenn said to me, I, I just, I know you just spill everything. You don't need to tell him that.
2: <laughs> and, and here we are. I, I lead with that.
1: So it's yeah. good, to
2: see you good to see you for
1: really the first time because yeah. I didn't know it was you.
2: I you just know. bought Caesars. So. <laughs> you're good <laughs> so i'm good all the way yeah well, good, good the good. first time i met you i saw refrigerator tour uh, wow yeah and i saw you boys out there signing autographs i went over to teller who had the cut tie because you were doing the swinging traps trick i said what do you do with that tie after you know the show And he's like well if somebody asks me for it maybe i'll and I'm like, can i have it can i have it can i have it so he gives it he signs it i walked over to you and i said i got your friend's tie and you said he's not my friend he's my partner <laughs> And I said, you know, uh I, I just got a chair suspension too. And you said, not a harbin, you didn't
1: <laughs> <laughs> That was the most
2: we've talked since before now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I I tend to be I consider myself, you know, I no, I I am usually polite and never friendly.
2: That's fair. Yeah okay
1: i'm not uh i i i, I
2: respect it. it i found i found myself giving like some lip service last night to some people like at a party i was just talking and talking and i was thinking about how i was going to be here with you and i was thinking about you and i was like i bet i bet pen would just walk away right now <laughs> and like well i want to i want to be able to just walk away i, I don't want to be
1: there i don't want to be inspiring people
2: to be assholes <laughs> well it seems to be truthful like i mean i was so yeah
1: anyway, i have anyway. been you know i i i uh I was brought up to be, um, you know, I don't believe there are regional differences that much, but my, uh, my parents were very old and they were very much puritanical new Englanders Mm -hmm. and they would not speak to anybody unless spoken to and not for any long, much longer than they had to, you know? Uh, And it wasn't that we, I mean, I'll tell you, this, this will tell you everything. When I would go home to visit my parents when I was on Broadway and I'd come back home to visit them, I would hug them once when I entered the room and that was it for the whole visit. And when my mother was on her deathbed, I said to my mother, I love you. And she said, well, of course you do. Why would you say something like that? So that explains a little. Explains a lot. I thought there was a
2: period where you seemed to warm a little bit more toward me, and then you had revealed that your kids watched my show, and Mm. I went, "I think that might have been some secret loophole through the icy cold heart that is
1: my children," which is why I should have recognized you because they have your picture in their rooms Oh my god! Like you were fucking Hendrix or something. (laughs) They have your except with a tie. They're with, they, have, they have your picture up there. They just, and I try to tell them, you know, I do a magic show too.
0: Yeah. They
1: don't care at all. Nope. They just, they just love, love, love what you do. And we went, you know, I took them. I mean, I could try to say I went to see your show, right. but I took my children to see your show. And it was actually really good. I really, really liked nice. it. I had the not seen, yeah. I was the only one in the world who hadn't seen the shaving cream thing. Oh, okay. So I got to see that live. live. that's the way to do live it. Live for real and really see it timed out. And I also wondered a lot about your eyes.
2: A lot of people do. And you know the wonder of eyelashes. They work.
1: <laughs> no, they don't. We did a thing where we covered ourselves with blood at the end of a show. And it fucked up our eyes Well, terribly. maybe
2: because it's, it's foamy and light yeah somehow just wiping over the eye and then you just give it one wipe with a finger you'll try later and <laughs> open them up and yeah i've had a few shows where of course it's gotten in my mouth my eyeballs and you're
1: actually using uh, shaving cream. actual shaving
2: cream yeah. slightly warmed is the secret <laughs> oh, makes nice. it fluffier
0: Good
2: i've had you- shows where i've said like oh the monkey was a little runny tonight you know when the sh- when the shaving cream is not yeah. viscous enough.
1: The monkey's a little runny tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have uh, we we have we have chosen professions where we uh, we say stupid shit. Yeah. Now you've been a magician forever, right? You started That's right.
2: The- special effects first as a kid. I was sure I wanted to be like Tom Savini, makeup, oh, makeup oh, artist. Well, the
1: exact right person to choose. Yeah. I was afraid you were going to say some dipshit. Tom Savini, my favorite.
2: Yeah, magician. That was my first magic book, Bizarro the the special effects book, mm-hmm. you know that that gag with the razor blade, where you have the ear syringe full yeah, of yeah, blood yeah, sure. and a dull razor and you cut across your arm, that is the best magic trick. It is ever. So yeah, I started buying makeup stuff from a magic shop, and I was watching Copperfield and everything in the magic shop. But I like the performing part of magic. I found a lot of love talking to people, doing these little magical demonstrations versus sitting alone and putting makeup on my face. Or so you weren't it. you
1: weren't doing card tricks at this point. You were doing uh wanted
2: to be the next copperfield
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah still maybe do
1: still maybe yeah, do. Just a it's a working bit. out yeah. so far i don't know it?
2: which copperfield but there's a lot many <laughs> yeah. to choose from
1: there's <laughs> not that many to choose from there's has, four yes well, name them uh
2: well there's um there's now Copperfield, uh-huh. which is like I think I guess you'd say like a Steven Spielberg live, you know, with he's got the spaceship. And, and does the,
1: that weird explanation at the beginning saying you're not seeing a magic show? We're kind of doing special effects and kind of telling a story, right? Watch it. And I don't know what that guy's talking about in the show.
2: I don't. I does that just lead up to the alien? Because I yes. think he really tries. He talks about the alien bit, you know, mm-hmm. heavily about about that being like you're going to watch a movie. Because that's a confusing part of the show. Yeah, I think it could, but it it, because it isn't a magic show. But I think, yeah, he. So there's that Copperfield, and then there's, you know, I think maybe late eighties, early nineties Copperfield.
1: That's who you want. The
2: fireball. That's who we all want to (laughs) be.
1: I think Chris would want me to correct the alien to blue. The
2: blue, the the blue segment of the art piece. I
1: see the blue segment of it. (laughs) Yes. Is that the that that's the alien's
2: name blue? Uh, it it had changed. I don't know if Chris would want us telling people that, but it was a lot of different things, you know. How many times oh, you seen Mysterious Cop- voices disappeared now. How many
1: times you seen Copperfield?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I used to see him all the time in Long Island where I'm front at the Tilla Center. He would come by yearly. Mm-hmm. So probably four or five times as a kid, then a long stretch of not seeing him, and then I've probably seen him about five times out here.
1: Well, you know, uh Copperfield loves at least Conceptually, uh, practical jokes. I mean, he loved. Oh, yeah, uh, he loved amazing Jonathan. Yeah, the yeah. practical jokes and stuff. So, see, you do practical jokes that I approve of very much because my uh, and I learned the hard way about this. I, I changed my mind on this. I believe that the only way to do a practical joke is that the person who is the brunt of the joke enjoys it the most. Yes,
2: I say both yeah, people I mean, have to be laughing at the end, or yeah. you've failed. And I've definitely not always hit that mark. I mean, a lot of the stuff I've done on the TV shows scared the shit out of people. I mean, it, it and it takes a while to get to that smile afterwards, a lot of charming them out of, you know, some people, you know, they see snakes and they're frozen going to die. You know, we did a bit where a uh, Medusa sculpture turned into just a bald sculpture with live snakes inside this sealed... Glass box at a museum, and she. It wasn't even that it was magical. It was just that there were snakes in the room. Mm -hmm. This woman froze up and almost died. And I'm like, this is a
1: bad day. (laughs) I feel really bad. (laughs) Now, what is your ratio for uh, for stuff on uh, on TV? I mean, uh, how how many times do you do a bit before the one that shows on TV? For the big jobs, well, probably for all of the big for the big ones at the
2: end, the big finales Mm -hmm. that are like a whole day shoot, we try to just get that one whole segment because that have multiple beats in it. Five five six even up to eight to try and get one or two to show later uh and then the ones the random ones just in a shop or something like that maybe three or four moving on
1: mm-hmm. yeah so that's a, that's a pretty high ratio you, you, you're, you're hitting them pretty good yeah you know and we yeah
2: we do the the worst is usually we don't get a lot of you know, people saying, oh, I saw how you did that, or I caught you, or anything. They're just not paying attention at all.
0: They <laughs> yeah. just don't yeah. care. And
2: I totally appreciate and respect that. Sure. It's like, it's, there's a lot of roping people into, like, they're trying to buy cheese and yeah. get the hell back on, on with their lives. And I'm like, did you know this cheese? Like, I was stopping. Like, who wants to talk to anybody at but a But I
1: also, I don't pay attention at all to the world around me. Me neither. Not in any way. And that's, you know, I have my license plate uh, on my car is atheist. Yeah. right and I loan my car out uh, rather promiscuously. I'll let it just throw the keys to anybody. And they always come back to me and say, um, you know with that license plate, people are like flipping me off all the time. And I, they say, you know, they'll, they'll point to the license plate. And I say, I've never seen that. Wow. <laughs> I just, even when driving, I'm yeah. totally oblivious to the world around me. So if I went into one of your shops yeah. and one of those things happened to me, it wouldn't be that I was hurrying yeah. to just get cheese and move. I right. would just be looking and just not be aware I get so lost in my own thoughts.
2: I could probably get you. You certainly wouldn't recognize
1: me. <laughs> so we know that. <laughs> <laughs> right? No yeah. chance of that. Nope. Zero chance of that. Now, how often? I mean, you're you're somebody that got famous in order, and that that fucks you, right? Yeah. How often would people well, bust
2: you right I, away? I'll tell you what. Oh, uh, yeah that that went up. Then we started to have for the for the, the bits where we would hire somebody to, you know from a temp agency or something to work at the museum we had a vetting process we would kind of take them through you're going to be a temp for the day what kind of radio stations do you listen to do you know these tv shows Have you ever heard of this and if they knew what carbonaro effect was or michael carbonaro well they didn't get hired for that job <laughs> you know like, so that helped. which is
1: the opposite yeah the way everybody else is hiring sycophants yeah. you're getting rid of them
2: yes exactly <laughs>
1: Do you, do you, you I, like Michael Carbonaro? No. I not. oh okay. You're asking me. I thought you were, you asking, me. You thought you were asking me no, personally no, no, no.
2: because I did. I changed my name early on when I wanted to be David Car- the next David Carbonaro. I changed. Hey, were you doing? legally changed it to Michael to Fagan? <laughs> <laughs> to Fagan Carbonaro. Yeah. So I thought Carbonaro was too Italian sounding. Oh, it's and, Italian. And, <laughs> so I, I changed it to Michael Fettuccini. No, I I changed it to uh, Michael Christopher. Oh,
1: Christ.
2: the magic of Michael Christopher. Oh right which now i know i changed back
1: well see the thing is if you had your name as michael christopher you could not have come out as gay i would have already been been, because the audience would have just gone no don't underline it don't underline
0: it. (laughs)
2: we're fine you're that absolutely is a haircutting name isn't it it like michael christopher salon
1: (laughs) is that your middle name christopher nope
2: nope i just thought it. i don't know where i got it from it was weird because there was actually a kid in my high school who was named you just thought that the
1: name gay 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 was taken
2: right i didn't want to ever have to come out i wanted a very well it's funny because i i'm a gay guy that does have to come out a lot because it's not obvious a lot of people are surprised when they find out that i'm gay uh, because no emotion from you right there at all (laughs) you seemed stunned by the notion that people wouldn't know um no, but you know, like some people, you kind of get a sense or gaydar. I have, I have had to do a lot of revealing. It is a reveal to be gay.
1: But I mean, I mean yeah, this is who cares? I didn't. I mean, why would you? Who who do you have to tell? I mean, my feeling. I had to about, tell my husband or, because yeah, yeah. it was just
2: <laughs> between us.
1: But I mean, in terms of orientation, sexual right. orientation, I've always believe that the only thing you need to know is are you sexually interested in me that's all you need to know from anybody and it doesn't even matter what they are and that's one of the things uh that's um that i've always found so so tell me when do you have to tell who who needs that information other than your husband they don't need it or the other Other people you're involved with that your husband doesn't know about.
2: Right, or does know about, Yeah. or is coming in the room. Yeah, or videoing. Right, we always tell them. um, (laughs) After. We tell them after. Just (laughs) so you know, we were both very gay. They have another prank show that you would not believe.
1: (laughs) It is so good.
2: (laughs) Uh, Nobody needs to, but it's an interesting hump that I find myself going over when I... You know, if I'm going to say something, I'm talking to a stranger. I'm always mentally aware. Like when I say, "Oh yeah, my husband and I live over," you know, down the block. It's like I'm—I've just now told them. I'm very aware that oh, yes, now course, I've just given course, that information out.
1: My question was stupid. No, because of course that 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 becomes i hadn't thought of that kind of sentence but, but no you're right it doesn't need, need
2: well yeah you're right okay it was a stupid question yeah, yeah. they do need it well did they, they need to know no but that's they're going because i used it. to dodge around it and like i find myself dodging even still to this day like i'll go get my car fixed and i'm i'll say like they'll like name i'm like mike not michael <laughs> i'm not like i'm not michael at the mechanic mike <laughs> You know, and I even caught myself saying, "Like, oh, my buddy will probably come in and pick it up." I'm like, "Oh my god!" I just totally was like afraid to say my husband will <laughs> yeah, come by and pick yeah. this up cause-
1: Well, it's, it's it's also it's uh, and I I just I, I just need to say this rather seriously. It is very easy for someone who has not um, experienced any discomfort on that to say that it's no big deal. It's right. much easier for me to just laugh that off. And I that was perhaps a bit insensitive, and I apologize if it was. I'll stay. I'll stay. <laughs> Not going to rip the microphone off. And- <laughs> but you have to <laughs> blow me. <laughs> Deal. We'll call it even. <laughs> <Deal>.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, there was a time I wondered about you and, and Teller, if you guys were a couple, especially that lingered in my head because you had said partner. He
1: said, yeah, well, you know, that's the thing. I, do, I, don't the want, I don't want to confuse people. Well, you know, I did say, and uh, boy, I I um, can I, can I say this? I think I can say this. I tried and I, he, he never took me seriously, but I want, you will take me seriously. I went on Stern yeah. and I said, um, all magicians are gay and there are no exceptions. <laughs> None. And had, and Stern tried to push around and said, there, there are no exceptions. However you define the word gay, there are no exceptions in terms of magicians. None. Simple. I said, there are more straight hairdressers than there are straight magicians. Whoa. And, and, and Copperfield got in touch with me and said, that makes me a little uncomfortable when you do that. You know, da, 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 da. And um, I said, listen, David, you're worried about this. Let's solve the whole thing. Let us, you and me, have gay sex, videotape it, and just put it out there, and then we're done. Then we have to just tell people, but we also have straight sex, and then we're all covered. Yeah. no problem. And I was not bluffing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and when David said that I was not bluffing, he was more uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but I essentially think that whatever, now I'm not talking about sexuality now. I'm talking about whatever the, the sensibility that, that I, I, no one understands this, but of the people that don't understand it, I understand it the least. And that is why certain aesthetics are tied in with sexuality. That is such right. a such well, confusing Well, and no, thing.
2: even in gender, that confuses me too. Gender, I still yeah. don't understand it at no. all. Open to be learning and listening and yeah. trying, mm-hmm. but I don't, be, it's a very strange thing because sometimes you're trying to break down the gender norm Women with long hair wearing pink, but then on the other side, that's someone who's cross-dressing likes to don the long hair and the pink because it's like a woman. But we're saying that's not woman, right, not female. I
1: try to in those conversations with my children. I try to say, "Why do you have to be a member of the club? Right? Why do you have to be any of those things in that sandwich of uh, of, of letters? Why do you have to pick one? Why can't you just be?" And I'll tell you. One of the most profound things said, and I've said this on the show many times, but it absolutely blew my mind. I was having lunch with Siegfried, and we were talking, we were telling sex stories, me and Siegfried, having a wonderful time. And Siegfried said, I forgot what led into it. He said, I am not gay. I am not straight. I am Siegfried.
2: And, and then he said, Sarmody, and disappeared.
1: <laughs> 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 Left you the check. And then his, <laughs> then his nutsack was bit off by a tiger who sensed that he had high blood pressure.
2: It's funny. I had lunch with Siegfried, and he was talking about uh, the, the film they were going to be putting together, the movie of the two of them. And he was—he uh, did not want to have any of, any of the intimacy on camera between the two of them in telling their story. And I was really advocating for that being...
1: On but them. That, but the, the, their intimacy between the two of them was very brief, as I understood it. 13 seconds, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I think their their sexual relationship was very brief. They were on that boat for a long time. <laughs>
0: okay. I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they and were. And I, I try to say, I, I get so troubled by tribalism, and I try to say to uh, my children all the time. You're either one of 7.6 billion, or you're one. And there's nothing in between. I'm not even that comfortable with family. You're either human, or you're yourself, and that's it. And when Siegfried said that, I just went, that's exactly- That's gold. I mean, I believe that everybody should essentially consider themselves bisexual, and then just go from there.
2: I think everybody would, if it was not built the way it had been built. Hmm. The, the society so well because kids them. now you know they're they're flip-flopping they're i'm gay today i'm t- i'm yeah, identifying is- as female you know, my mom was going nuts about that you know she's like the kid they you know it's too much out there and people are my mom's from massachusetts by the way also stone <laughs> stone them. but she she said um well wait, wait. boston issue, sure yeah. western mass See, I'm Western. Oh, Stoneham. I don't know. Where is Stoneham, Massachusetts? Who, who who would know that? I thought you would know that. No, I don't. I thought you oh, were the, I the mayor. Know. I don't
1: even know where I am. <laughs> <You can't>. oh. <laughs> I think you're an executive advisor. Yes, <laughs> <tracers>. I am.
2: <laughs> um, but I think that them flip flopping and throwing all these things around, and even if there is confusion, is great.
1: You're fabulous. I
2: mean, because these things should be option on, options sure. that you might want to try on and wonder about and
1: sure. And I really, uh, um, this is one of my pet theories that I probably can't back up, but I believe that when the village people hit with YMCA, and the whole country was uh, was 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 buying into that, and it was so great, I believe had it not been for AIDS, we would have been moving very quickly to kind of every college guy experimenting. Uh, experimenting with that kind of stuff. And then, you know, then a plague came Yeah, that uh, that was not political and not emotional, but actually a plague and actually physical and had to have these huge ramifications. But I was very optimistic for things uh, for things opening up. Like yeah. Crazy. And I've worked pretty hard. Uh, you saw it last night in the show. I was pointing to someone in the audience.
2: I know, I was there not last night. No,
1: I try very hard not to do any gendering in Myself. the audience, yeah. whatsoever, and that ends up—it's this thing that uh, uh, what was his name? Billy Bob, the guy who did the drive-in, right? Uh, drive-in uh, reviews, uh-huh. movie reviews, talked about what they do with sports, where they where they don't want to talk about racial stuff, so they're saying the guy in the silver shorts and the guy in the blue shorts, right? And they don't say, "I," when I said, "Not you, but you with the longer hair." Yeah. Uh, 10 years ago, I would have said, I was talking to the woman behind you. Right. But I'll tell you, and you've probably had this happen. I hope you haven't, but I've talked about it to Piff. When you misgender someone in, uh, a- as a performer on stage, I found it absolutely soul crushing. Yeah. When I said, uh, uh, person I picked from the audience, you know, would you come up here? This woman. And they corrected me. Once that happens to you, I mean, just whole body just runs. Cold. Yeah. So I try to use no gender language. I noticed how much I
2: have said for so long, ladies and gentlemen, how much that is in my vernacular on a, as a stage entertainer. And now I try to say, uh, if I catch myself saying lady, I'm like, oh, here it comes. I'll do like ladies, ladies and gentlemen and beautiful people alike. Yeah. Uh, we because, do siblings. Yeah.
1: And I also do friends.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I try
1: to do friends as often as I can. You yeah. Know? And uh, it's, uh, it's nice to have all that go away. I just wish, and of course this is just because I'm you know older than dirt, I wish they hadn't chosen they because it makes it very difficult when my children say they are coming over and I say I can't bring my mini because I can't fit them in the back seat and they meet a single person.
2: A very, very overweight <laughs> transgender friend yeah. is not going to fit in the car.
1: Yeah. Well, that's... Uh, but that is, you know... No,
2: they is a tough one. I
1: have never gotten over the fact that we don't I have... I bet you they would even
2: you. be open to, like, renegotiating a new <laughs> word. And there, there's got to be...
1: they they brought up a lot, and then none of them have caught on. Yeah. And, of course, even in Shakespeare's time, they could also be used singular. But um, it I is useful right. sometimes. I just... Uh, I've, I'm not even happy about there not being a second person plural. I, I use y'all and use, because I don't like not having that. Right. This is a step backwards for those of us who speak. But it took a long time to try to, and I haven't gotten it all out, but trying to get all the gender speech out of it. Yeah,
2: this, you know? yeah, I'm working on that as well.
1: It's it's a, it's a tough a Yeah,
2: question. I misgendered a kid hmm. brought up on stage once. It was a her and it was a him.
1: Or... It, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you just go, man, if they ever tell this story to anyone, yeah. I went to see this dipshit magician and he brought me up on stage and called me whatever, yeah. whatever way it goes. Uh, I just don't ever want to be part of that story. I don't mind ever there was this dipshit magician. Right. I just don't want the other part of the yeah. story. Yeah, it made me feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, it made you feel bad. What the yeah. fuck were they doing with that? You know? So, yeah. Let's take a little break right now. Let me tell you about trade coffee trade coffee is a great idea you know i like coffee okay i mean i've never been really special about coffee i just kind of drink coffee now and again but trade coffee gets you really really good coffee and they have decaffeinated which is what i drink and it's really really good and it comes from small roasters all over the country you fill out a quiz and the kind of coffee you like and they find you exactly and it's morally sourced it's all the good stuff you want out of uh, out of coffee and it's all these local roasters that you get to try different ones every month it's like a subscription it's really great and it is great for Father's Day. I gotta tell you, uh, they gave me some to try, and then I'm redoing the subscription, because I like it so much having really, really good coffee. So that's Trade Coffee. Check it out. Trade Coffee connects customers with the freshest and best-tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. I just said all this. They are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for all the independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. It's really, really Good. So, Trade Coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters, small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from all around the world. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping. $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com/slash pen that's drinktrade.com slash pen more than 40 cups of coffee for free. get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash pen and let trade find you the coffee you love that's drinktrade.com slash pen for 30 dollars off and don't forget about father's day coming up a trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lover who's your dad TradeCoffee.com. We're doing this uh, bank show because uh, Penn and Teller are in Australia. We are down under. And while we are down under, Michael Carbonaro is playing the Penn and Teller Theater. So if you're in Las Vegas want to see a really good magic show, go see Michael Carbonaro. So, you wanted to be David Copperfield when you were Michael Christopher. That's right. Which may be the way I see you for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> With Henning he- tights. How long were you Michael Christopher? Not long.
2: Two years. Mm-hmm. I, I went to NYU as Michael Christopher and then just woke up one morning and was like, you know, this is stupid. I want my other name back. Like,
1: a, like a, uh, Bundersnatch.
2: <laughs> I can't think of a Ca- Captain Bundersnatch? Yeah. yeah.
1: Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. <laughs> what is his last name? The actor. I don't know. That's a, you do know? I do. He's the star of everything. <laughs> Benedict uh, Carbonara. <laughs> Com-
2: the biggest star in the world. I only know Tom Hardy. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, yeah. He 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 worked for a while as like you know Ben Carl or something. Oh, okay. And then went to Benedict uh, <laughs> Cumberbatch. And <laughs> Cumberbatch. Is it just Cumberbatch? Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict, we're okay. We Benedict got Cumberbatch. I do know Good that finding. if you have uh, on Alexa, yeah, if you just say Benedict Cumberbatch, it'll just say Benedict. It just corrects your name no matter what. My <laughs> children spent a lot of time trying to see how far off Whoa. they could say Benedict's name. And
2: oh, I get, thought this was you while you were driving. I was, <laughs> no wonder why i are not paying attention to anything around you.
1: I, I have no idea what's going on around me ever. So you were only then at NYU. Did yep. that make it hard
2: to get your transcripts? <laughs> what? Oh, oh, when you would just. No, but I do have to. When I fill out paperwork, it's like, have you ever gone under a different name? And I always feel like, oh, shit, oh, Who
1: asked you that? What paperwork are you doing for that? Yeah, what are paperwork? you like an FBI agent? Do Can we just out Jews? Never mind gay. Right. You're <laughs> actually a Russian operative?
2: I don't know. The Caesars people really wanted to know <laughs> where I'd been before. Uh, I don't know. Like legal paperwork? Have you ever gone underneath? I've seen like, it, a, yeah. Getting, I've seen yeah. Glenn does a lot for you, I guess. Yeah, right. all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: He even signs my name. That's. He doesn't go grocery shopping, alright? Just let's, let's get really basic Hello here. fresh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you, uh, but you were doing... Well,
2: I went to NYU and I... I- Quickly, decide. I went, kind of, did an a la carte NYU. I went in for musical theater. Never wanted to be in musical theater, but I took musical theater in one of the different. What's your neighbor's
1: Michael Christopher? What choice did you <laughs> yeah, have? What right. to do? That was an automatic the computer you.
2: system brought me right in there, <laughs> sent me Capizios, <laughs> and I was on my way. Yeah.
0: Here's your homeroom.
1: Yeah. No, and then I went
2: for I went to experimental theater and film and television. So wow. I went to all those different, and I took my last semester in Amsterdam for in experimental theater, and. In, I quickly be- became the conundrum. To do I want to be an, a magician or an actor, comedian? To, I did stand up for a while. I want to be in a sitcom. I hate calling myself a magician because nobody takes a ma- magician actor seriously. That's a, that's a tough one. So I the the TV show. A man being,
1: from beyond, he crossed over. Yeah. Houdini crossed over. But
2: nobody know, g- remembers Houdini, the actor.
1: They remember him as the uh, first sustained flight over Australia. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's what he thought he'd be famous for. Is that right? Yes. Didn't know that. Are you going to back me on this, Handsome this, Jim? That is correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he thought, uh, he thought that he wouldn't be remembered as a magician, but he would be remembered for the first long sustained flight in an airplane over Australia, wow! So he, he teamed up with the Wright brothers and bought a plane. And yeah, that's to be remembered for. So please, out of respect for Houdini, remember him. First. I will. I will. So you didn't know if you wanted to be a magician. I still
2: don't. Yeah, no, <laughs> really, I really don't. Like I did a morning show the other day, and it's like that. That is just a losing battle. Like I like I don't want to be a magician <laughs> on a morning show doing magic to like yapping hosts E-waves. it's just <laughs> n- gonna be a losing situation you guys do a great so job. what do you got for us oh what, and what's next was that it are you finished <laughs> oh my god i didn't reveal yet oh like it's just yeah uh, and they they <laughs> they trashed my name they were like not trashed but they were like we have michael kargosh no from the Carboshina effect i was like guys oh third it's time right on, the on the show it's right there i called the her problem. yoda though i did i'm like it's no problem yoda don't worry about it, it was hoda <laughs> so, but no, I, I, uh, I do love magic, but I, I do have like a, a love hate with, with magic itself. Sure. Being a magician is
1: not hard for me to understand. Yeah,
2: that. No, I, yeah.
1: <laughs> but, uh, how did you get the, uh, how'd you get the Leno gig? Cause I'll tell you the first time I saw that tell her not, yeah. tell her and I jumped right to it and said, this is, this is yeah. just brilliant. And you was also the perfect use of your looks and your age yeah. and everything. You know? Yeah. You know, they,
2: So not the first person to do hidden camera magic by any means like that. The Tonight Show actually put out an audition for they wanted to do a hidden camera magic
0: bit. Oh, really?
2: Yeah. So now this is yeah, because they had Room 401. John Archer did a series in the UK, Undercover Magic. There was tons of bits on TV. So they didn't really have, you know, they were like, let's do this in a deli. And like, if a customer comes up, you know, you pull a giant straw out of a bag and it was like, oh dear God, you know, there were no (laughs) ideas there of what that could be. I didn't want to go on the audition. This is what I had moved from New York to LA to like follow more acting, not more magic. So this came in from my agent and I was like, all right, well, if I was going to go do that, what would I do? And I went in really in in that good place where you don't give a shit. So you're like, I'm just going to go in there and tell them like, if this was going to work, it's going to be this. And I did this trick with a... I said, what if they pay me with their money and I go to like check it for it being counterfeit by spraying it with some, you know, detector spray and I wipe the ink off of the bill that they gave me and reveal if they gave me like a one or a five, I would reveal that it's actually a hundred dollar bill underneath the ink with the explanation that counterfeiters are trying to hide hundreds in circulation. <laughs> so I couldn't accept this. <laughs> which made no sense. And it was, it was a total hit. And that was the bit that became the like. the the, that wedge that that gray area of belief like something that someone's gonna go well i've seen people check bills before i'm seeing that happen in front of me i'm taking this guy seriously all right what's not to believe and then if i could come up with some insane explanation particularly if it doesn't make sense and they just buy into it because they're happier about getting the money and that that really became the the outline to do all
1: of the tricks well i'll tell Mm -hmm. you uh teller and i've been working together 46 years and in that amount of time, there have probably been fifteen times that Teller has had the nerve to say, "Hey, Penn, watch this," because <laughs> oh it's usually uh, yeah, thanks, Teller. You know, usually don't get a lot out of me. But he said, "There's this thing on the Tonight Show that people have been sending me around. You should watch." Oh, wow. I went, "Man, he's the perfect guy." And what killed me was the underlying kindness. You know, uh uh what bothers me so much about magic is what Jerry Seinfeld said. Here's a quarter, now it's gone, you're an idiot, now it's back, you're an asshole. Show's over. And um what you're doing um is such what in, in that, I mean I know you have this yeah. a lot more you do, but in that particular Carbonara effect stuff. Um what you're doing is um essentially deeply unpleasant. Right. You, you are lying to people yep. and you are um It's some level making them look foolish. Yes, it is. uh, It's one of those things that I always thought about Bob Saget and Don Rickles. If you're going to do that shit that's transgressive, you've got to be willing to open up your chest, let them see your heart, and know that if they see any impurity there, they will kill you. You know, there has to be such a beauty and integrity and love in there. That they go with it, and uh, that's why teller showed it to me. Taylor yeah. said, "I know you hate this kind of shit more than anything. Watch this guy do it.
0: Yeah, he does yeah. it with a I,
1: sweetness and a love hmm. that really makes it fly."
2: Thanks. Yeah, because I hate the word prank. Yeah. I even hate prank. I hate even hidden camera has a yeah. horrible connotation. But my my way of looking at it was always it, well. For it goes back to what you said both people should be laughing or the person who's the subject of it should be the most happy at the end of it, which isn't exactly what always happens. However, I always approach it with not, you know, I like to say we're all beautiful idiots. Mm-hmm. I have to make something that I would fall for. Yeah. And I feel like now it's me and my fellow man would both be led down this rabbit hole. Because it's not just like, look what this idiot would believe. It's like, I would maybe believe it if they said it was, you know, cryogenic, a uh, cryogenic mm-hmm. gas. I'm like, then I might go, oh, cryogenic gas might freeze that. And if I if I could wrap my head around maybe believing it, then I feel free to. Yeah. I say that, but there's been some other bits, too, that we've done on the show where you're like, well, I can't believe people believe that we shrunk a boat, like a <laughs> boat down to a tiny little boat by spraying the wrong wax on it. And I'm like, I don't know if I would believe that, but they do. We're silly people. And, and who helped you with that audition, Carbonaro, with the bill? David Copperfield helped me with that audition. No, really? no 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 no. It was it was it was handsome Jack. John oh, really? Lovick. John Lovick was the first guy when I did the, the Magic Clerk segment, the very first Magic Clerk segment. We sat and uh jammed up the ideas for it. And he was my secret man behind the behind the counter. I'm oh, really? um, just first time I remember revealing that. It's fine that I can say I'm gay, but I've never said it out loud before. There was someone hey. else behind the counter <laughs> during a lot of those tricks, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are doing a bit in the show right now that is almost like a Little carbonaro effect expose, yeah. with the, you know. We did that with the lit cake coming out at a post office. Yeah. So we had the guy carried in himself. He's like, "I'm." Well, oh, I to never saw this. you do the lit,
1: uh, lit candles. Yeah. I, we weren't doing that. As uh, a, I, thought- I hope you don't feel that we've. Uh- We've ripped you off. I thought it was
2: an homage. Oh, it was. was. You know, I actually, I do this needle act with my husband, Peter. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen it before. We do a needle swallowing, a partnered needle swallowing act. It goes full lady in the tramp. We both feed each other the needles. Oh, really? Yeah, we eat the thread between each other and kiss and pull out the needles threaded between our mouths. And uh, I just sort of came up with that myself and always wanted to do it and i was pocketing it for years finally met peter in new york and i'm like this is the guy i'm going to try this trick with we started doing it at clubs cut to later on saw you do your fire eating act with georgie that i had seen when i was a kid in the 90s at the uh, refrigerator tour Uh and i was like oh my god i think i lifted that (laughs) essence (laughs) of the two of them feeding each other the fire in my needle so you know
1: do you know that when um
2: in other words, you're forgiven for the cake okay. because I ripped you off. It's a train. Yes, it both included fire, so it's poetic. It's you
1: know, bad. we did a, we did a thing. Um, uh, we did a week in the Rocky Horror Show. Yes, uh,
2: on on Broadway. Peter saw you guys
1: and Teller and I did the two person fire eating with the two of us. Oh, that's so cool. Instead of with Georgie, uh, because I we were doing Rocky Horror Picture Show because yeah. uh, Rocky Horror Show. Because I was, I uh, mean, one of the many, many reasons it's 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 complicated. It was right after nine right. eleven, you know. And I said, if these religious fanatics, you know, uh, want to do all this uh, anti-woman, anti-gay stuff, I am putting on fishnets. And I am dressing in drag because fuck them. Is you that know? when you call Copperfield
0: <laughs> and sex? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I really loved that. I really loved that. Right after that, we were on there, and of course, tell they had to learn the learn uh, learn the fire eating. Yeah, and do that. I didn't know you so, guys uh, ever did that. We together. did that. We did that. So if you wow. if, if people were worried about the partner thing, wow. we underlined it there in uh, in Rocky Horror, and we just uh, we just we just loved loved doing it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I love do I love doing that bit. And the, the two person needles sounds yeah. sounds really great.
2: So I guess that's not one of the videos Teller sent to you and said you have to watch. No, it isn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it was, and also my children just, boy, I mean, they went through a, an amount of time where that was the only thing they wanted to watch on TV was you, uh, was you doing stuff. It just rang so true to them, but also, and I love this. They're
2: over it now. I mean, now. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, they've, (laughs) well, Yeah. They're, you know, they're right in that pocket where the only thing they can, they couldn't in any way overlap what I would do, you know, in any sort of way. But anyway, what they really liked about it was they really liked you. You know, they were not interested in a uh, hidden camera show. They just really liked this, you know, whatever that kind of plot thing was that followed through. We get to see this guy do this. You That's know. cool. And did you have people that, uh, I mean, it must have been really fun maybe even showed some of these i haven't seen every one okay. of the shows but um do you have people just walk in and just go you're michael I'll yes. fuck you
2: <laughs> yeah no, nobody said fuck <laughs> you,
1: t- 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 you t- t-
2: tell <laughs> me about okay that. a couple of the times you know people will come up who i could tell that they know who i am and they're trying to pretend that they don't because they want to see the oh, whatever the bit is oh really day. you They'd could, be you like could, hi uh you have demos of coffee samples today <laughs> What's going on with those samples? And I'm like, this guy knows. Um, but my favorite one, this woman, I'm doing a bit, it's just one of those quick change bits where I duck down behind the counter to get something, I come back up in a completely different outfit. And I'm at a library and I'm going from like Shakespeare to like, you know, a construction worker, depending on what book I'm I'm picking up. And she right away she recognized that she thought she knew me from somewhere. She's like, Your name's Dave, right? And I'm like, No. And, and she's like, you remind me of somebody I know. I think I know who it is. And, and then I'm like, I'm gonna do one more thing, and you're gonna know who it is. So I started playing with her, and she goes, I know what this is. This is the magic show. I'm like, Dave, it, your friend Dave. And she goes, Yeah, it's called. I'm like, What's the name of the show? She's like, It's the. And I'm like, The Dave. She's like, Chappelle Show. <laughs> the Dave Chappelle Magic Show. Oh. And I'm like, It is. It's the. Da- I am Dave Chappelle. <laughs> this is the Dave Chappelle Magic Show right here in your local library. <laughs> I show that on my tour, that clip. That was my favorite. And I, I just went off the rails. I never thought we'd air that, but it ended up just being just a blast. I think we told her. She might still be out there thinking I'm Dave Chappelle. I met Dave Chappelle. Yeah. That was the other part about it, too, is that you are taking people on an exciting lift where they believe in voodoo or the possibility of, you know, life after death or whatever illusions going on. And then you have to reveal, which is a real, you know pricking your side to say like i just believed that a, a, a kitten turned into a pigeon and flew and i think it might be a sign from god and now i have to say no you're actually on a tv show <laughs> it's like oh so the, there isn't really magic in the universe you know there's a
1: yeah, there's no god yeah just the,
2: i would have liked to what better just way meet. to find out <laughs> i mean if i was a real you know if i wasn't in it for the fame or, or whatever i guess you know if it wasn't a sellout you would think I would just go and do this and never tell people. Yeah. Just go out there and make them believe in magic and yeah. don't have them sign the paper and put it on television. Is,
1: you know, that is, that is, that is, well, you just described David Blaine,
2: right? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah he does add that. Oh, that murder. might have been the David she was looking for. That might might have been. But We're you know, a lot of I,
1: I have it. had, and I'm not I'm not misrepresenting, I don't believe I'm misrepresenting him at all. I have discussed with David Blaine, he believes uh, his goal is that you leave his show believing things that he knows not to be true? Hmm. He actually wants that, which is total opposite of diametrically you. opposed. Yeah. I and I, 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 and, and this is actually literal. I lose sleep over wording in our show. Yeah. that may leave people believing something. Uh, I coming. was wondering about that with the card map. Yeah, yeah. What's I, 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 I'm trying to be careful with that. Yeah. But there is misrepresentation there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm I'm bothered
2: by it. But you do say that you're swindling and cheating and lying, especially when you yep. bring the show down to the mm-hmm. to, at the end. You really do, but You
1: always wonder why that. Um, I was always- so
2: moved by that. Oh, thank that you. ending of the show right thank now is so. I, I, I one of the things during the lockdown, I said when I get to go back out on the road, I want to take. I want to take the, the theater and go from just loud shit on screens, big images, people looking at the cameras, come down to like the light of a candle, just so that we can all be in that room together. I never did anything with that. But then I, it was so important and I felt like we were connected on some vibe because your show currently right now opens with the big screen yeah. trick and then ends with that candle and brings us to that place. And I saw Billy Joel last night and you know, just, it was from far away, but I'm watching him. And it, it echoed just being like, how special is it that I am in here in this arena with this man alive and lights reflecting off him? We are going to
1: talk a lot about Billy Joel. <laughs> I want to talk to you about Billy Joel, uh, but I want to do it the next show because that was Penn Sunday <laughs> School. That was Penn Sunday school <laughs> cha cha cha. And to our listening you become okay. naked. You know, as I was driving over, I was thinking, we got to talk, Billy Joel. We got to talk. You like?
2: Got to be Billy Joel.
1: Yeah, we got to talk, Billy Joel. We haven't even gotten on to so much more. Maybe we'll do another five bench. Sunday school. You find it disquieting to see Handsome Jack in Freddie Rich's position. <laughs> that was and you know we love you. You know we love you. Hey, Matt, you got someone to thank?
0: Yeah, let's thank some Patreon backers. The following people are loyal members of the congregation at patreon.com slash pen. Eric M. Rhine, Chris McKinney, Gary Cornley, Danny Hey does the smell like chloroform to you, Ruse. Matthew O. Sullivan, Betsy Batter, Little Mandar, Michael Fritz, and the person who can tell me what plate spring lessons are, Rachel Forrester. Jobeth R. Bowers, Adam Stickney, Saxsky, Jimmy D, Henry James Allison, Nathan Julian, Percival, Christopher Harris, Manuel Vidal Perez de la Mesa V, Petty Officer Scoop, David K, David Peters, nobody in particular, Blue Drinks Films, Brandon Knapp, Nick Dingman, and Colin Durham.